You're listening to Serious Business with Andy Audate. Serious talk on business, marketing, and finance to win in this new economy. In this podcast, every single day, Andy Audate reveals cutting-edge strategies, technologies, techniques, and solutions to exponentially grow your business in the new economy. What is going on? We're back with another episode of the Finest Hour Podcast, and today I have a special guest, someone who's very close to me, dear to me, an unbelievably successful entrepreneur, speaker, businessman. I mean, you name it, this guy embodies it, and it's none other than Andy Audate. What is going on, man? My man, my brother from another mother. What's happening, baby? Another much, man. I'm feeling great, man. I'm really appreciative of you being on the show today. I know you are a super busy guy, but the one thing you do have is tons and tons of knowledge, and everybody has time for that. So I want to make sure that we kind of tap into that today and let people know what's going on. But the first thing is maybe give a little people maybe a, a little bit of an intro as far as who you are, what you do. Just give them a little brief rundown. Yeah, look, I'm a connected, loving, vulnerable, ambitious, driven, hungry, determined man. And what I do is I teach people how to grow their small business and personal brands. And the way that I do that is through my speaking seminars, as well as through my online trainings. And I have thousands upon thousands of clients nationwide. And I'm 25 now, and I'm growing my enterprise and the people around me. I run, a, I run an organization, a community called Progression, where the people in the community just have a mindset that we get to grow on a daily basis. So every single day we're growing, so that way we recognize that there's no opportunities to fall back if, we're, if our mindset is focused on growing forward in our business and in our life. That's excellent. That's, I mean, to be honest, I've seen it firsthand. So everybody that's listening or watching this right now, he's 100% honest. I know he has his progression community. I, in fact, was actually a guest on multiple progression conferences, his speaking event, uh, which are filled to the brim and nothing but value and unbelievable impact. Uh, Still to this day, I get so many messages from people that were in attendance, whether it's Instagram stories, social media posts, retweets on Twitter. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's incredible. And that's all the impact coming from you. So as a person right now at 25 years old, massively successful with tons more success on the way, Where did all of this start with you where you were feeling like, you know what, I need to get to here. And you looked in the mirror and you're like, you know what, where I am right now isn't quite where I need to be. I need to progress. Well, it it started when I was younger, man. It it, it started when when I I come from an impoverished area on the East Coast. And I mean, but but, but, but that's, that's the thing, man. You know, as I'm doing more shows, man, and I've, and I've interviewed more people. I've recognized, man, that these podcasts, like, the, the stories are the same. And, and, and I've been an interviewer and interviewed people, and they constantly, you know, have that complaint where they're like, yo, the podcast, yo, I need to, we, we got to do something a little different. And the reason why is because I'm starting to see, like, the, 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 uh, the common thread is, hey, here's my story. and getting on a lot of podcasts recently i'm starting to see like yo it's my like my story is becoming scripted so i, I gotta get away from the script but really it can, i come from an impoverished area on the east coast like i'm from the hood the dirty dirty but the northeast region and i'm i was raised in the smallest city in the smallest town in the city and which is about a square mile so you can go you can run from one end to the other end and leave the city uh within the jog and 
in this environment, it was like crabs in a bucket where people are walking around with guns. People are walking around um, with blood on the floor and not thinking twice and people getting jumped and it's like, oh, let me take a video from my friend so they can, we can laugh at it later. And it's that environment. And I knew that this wasn't a, a right place for me, so I wanted to get out. So I got a mentor and he showed me the ropes in running a business. So I started my first business at 19. Then at 21, I opened up my, uh, at 21, I made my first million from that business, which was in the cell phone industry, telecommunication. And the way that I made the money was through financing. I finance, we, me and my friends made a joke. We called out, we said we're going to finance the block because we were, we were, we, we were the only place that was heavy with no credit financing. So we targeted people who had $50,000 uh, gross household income or less. So if you made two, 2,500 bucks a month, you can purchase a phone, an iPhone from me, and we would finance you on a monthly basis. And we were selling hundreds of phones. So I want you to imagine, like, if you're selling a $1,000 phone and you sell hundreds, of, you're making a lot of money, you know? Oh, yeah. And that was, my, that was my experience. I mean, that's incredible experiences coming from that background. I mean, all the time you hear rags to riches stories and how people made it. And obviously the hard work, the grind, and the hustle, that's included in the packaging. But it's just the fact that you went from one circumstance, removed yourself from that circumstance on the East Coast, now you're on the West Coast. You know, I know one thing that you did mention, and this is a question I get from a ton of my listeners, a ton of my followers on social media. You mentioned you had a mentor that helped you out. And you and I might understand this concept, but it's when you talk to, say, the audience that I have, and a lot of people don't have mentors, don't have coaches. What are some of the reasons why you could give, based on what you've experienced, how important a mentor is to your success or even the speed of achieving? So even... so. In, in my in my experience, it was that in my experience, it was essentially that I was I was working for a guy at Metro PCS. He owned he owned the store, but I never met the dude. I didn't I didn't meet the guy, and and I'm working now. My my direct leader was white was a white guy, so I'm thinking that everyone in this organization is white. Now I'm this is still in an experience where a lot of the people that surround me are it's like a black thing white thing latino thing you know so there's still like race segregation so i'm in the store my, my boss is white i know my boss is white my direct manager is white and then his boss is white uh-huh. and then and so so like we're levels up and it's all white people then one day i'm at the store and a guy walks in a black guy with a suit wearing earrings and he's bald he got his he got his earrings in like i do today uh, he's going, walking in on his phone, and you can hear his shoes clanking on the hardwood floor, and he walks by me. And I didn't even know. I'm thinking that we are being robbed, like, in the most silent, positive, confident way. Like, I'm like, damn, that's, that's a gangsta-ass way to rob somebody, like, in a suit. Like, you yeah. would, nobody, nobody would think that. So I'm, I see the dude, I'm walking by. And he's like, what's up? And I, and I was like, what's up? And then he walks by <laughs> me. And um, I go to the office manager. I'm like, who's that? And she's like, oh, that's the owner. He owns all the all the locations in the area i said the owner's black wow. like the only time i recognized like black people especially of success was in the dirt in the streets like i don't know of of a black that's cool so that gave me an outlet to say it was possible that to see that it's possible that um i i did i didn't have to do drugs or sell drugs um in order to be successful i saw that it was successful that there was opportunity. So I, I learned from him as much as I could still to this day, you know, uh, I, this was back in 2012. 
um, I just had dinner. I flew back to the East Coast and I had dinner with him. And uh, at that time when I worked for him, he had 10 stores, 10, 10 locations. Uh, now he's at 100 and something. And he's opening up stores on a weekly basis now uh, around the country. And so he had that mindset of progression. His, I, and this is the first one I'm actually sharing, but his company's name was Evolution. So his company was na- name was Evolution. And I was like a baby off his, so, uh, off his hard work. So my company was named Progression Wireless. So his was Evolution, mine was Progression. Wow. And in, the, in, the, in that small industry, we all had like a name, like one, one adjective, and then wireless at the end. So, so someone I worked with, he opened up his location. He called it Supreme Wireless. Mine was Progression Wireless. This other person was Evolution Wireless. So we, that's how the industry worked. And then um, but I, t- I kept that name Progression and then moved into a new industry and kept the name Progression and I uh, moved into the conference name. Wow, that's an incredible story. I mean, it's amazing what you can learn just, just in that little tidbit of information going from I don't think this is possible to seeing someone of your skin color, same race, doing it and then learning from them. And then years later, coming back, you have success. They have success. You know, it's just incredible what you can learn from that type of a person. And being that you have the progression, you know, that name has kind of stuck with you for a long period of time. You know, it's been a part of your life. And now you have the progression conference. You have all these different things involving that, you know, kind of when you look at progression as a whole, I know one thing that people struggle with is, they don't feel they're progressing fast enough. You know, do you feel that there's any barometer they can use to kind of see or rate their progression or certain things that they can use to be like, you know what, I, I am actually progressing, but because some people don't really feel that way. They feel like they're not going anywhere. So I'm in a transition right now and I'm in, my, my progression is being slowered. My barometer or, or my accelerator, accelerometer is being like turned down a bit. Um, and the reason it's being turned down a bit is so I can widen. That's why it's being turned down a bit. Because with accelerated progression, you can be straight and narrow. You can go very fast, straight and narrow. But in order for you to go far, you got to turn the accelerator down. So for the last couple of years, I've always been about accelerated growth, accelerated progression. Go fast, go hard, go quick. Um, now I'm at a stage in my life where as I've learned and I progress, I share with my audience my shortcomings as well as my um, my new understandings so that way they can grow with me. So the people who are listening can grow with me. So in the stage of where I'm at, which is um, scaling, scaling business, my business and having the business run without me, a uh, completely run without me is me slowing down my accelerometer and putting systems into place where other people are running the business for me on my behalf. So like right now, uh, as we speak, I'm looking at our system and we have thousands of phone calls going outbound today. And they're selling tickets, they're selling programs, they're selling MDR day, they're setting up meetings. And back in the day, I mean, not back in the day, years ago, it was, it was just me doing that. Yeah. Now my energy was so high that I could accomplish that. But there came a point where I recognized that there's only so much I can hustle just me and I need to grow the team. So, you know, in the experience that I had with the cell phone industry, I had the experience of, of learning from a mentor and working for a mentor and seeing firsthand their systems and processes and then duplicating it in my business because I knew that there was a specific role that was needed for the front line. So I know that I needed a sales manager. I know I needed a sales rep. 
I knew the, the four-step sales process. I knew how to place the phones because I learned everything from Metro PCS and T-Mobile. And I knew that we needed an office manager. I knew what online systems that we needed because I, I just took everything I did at Metro. All I did was rebrand the company with a different name. And uh, we were selling the same products, but I rebranded the company with a different name. So to the customers, it was, it was a different um, service as well as a different brand. But the systems to sell and scale the business were the same. Um, but when I transitioned into the personal development space and became a thought leader and a a business trainer, business coach, as well as a marketing expert, there was different roles that I was not acute to. Like I, there was, I was ignorant to so many roles, as well as different systems, as well as different online processes. Like how does the landing page, for example, talk to the CRM system? Like a landing page is a, is, is a one site that has one goal, one common goal. A website is a site that has multiple directories. So a landing page for like the progression conference, how does, how does one person put their name in and my, all my, my entire staff would be aware of it and who's responsible for that new person? And then recognizing that there's hundreds of people that come in on a regular basis, how do I equally distribute them? And then what do they do with the after? And then how, who else does it go to? So like there was a, a multitude of systems that I had to put in place and it sounds easy but it is challenging to scale. So when, when you're at that position, you got to dial the accelerate, accelerometer back a bit, look at your business so that way you can go wide. So instead of Andy our day focusing on, you know, a handful of clients, I, I have essentially extended myself to about 15 people and that 15 people, they're able to go wide on my behalf and reach out to people and bring them in uh, using my systems. That's a huge, huge, huge gem. I hope that everyone is listening and watching to that understands what you're saying because I know and I can vouch for that firsthand, you're only one man. And I know for the businesses that I run with my fitness business, it's like I'm my only person. So if I'm doing the sales and the phone calls and the outreach and the onboarding, that's so much work for one person. There's only 24 hours a day. You know, but when you, like you said, if you can multiply yourself amongst the team, of everyone having different roads to take care of, systems to set up. You can be so many places. And like you said, dial things down. You can go wide. You can big so much more of a huge funnel to just get everything working in your favor. And that's incredible because I know that takes a lot of skill, uh, a lot of time, and a lot of effort. And I know a lot of people will probably have questions for that. So I'll make sure when they ask them, I'll direct them to you. Because uh, I know in this particular, you're the guest on the show, you know, way more than I. So you're the one that's going to have to answer those because I understand your answers will be way more specific. But when you go and you kind of progress forward, I know everyone has to have a certain type of mentality. And I know we were talking before we got on here and off camera, we were talking about a specific mentality of that Mamba mentality, you know, being at the time of the show, Kobe Bryant, unfortunately, passed away. And there's many, many things that happen when they're are certain things like death that happen. Most people look at it as losses. Uh, I know that I was told by one of my mentors with every loss, there's always a lesson. Uh, you know, in this particular impactful situation, you know, how has that impacted you or maybe what could you offer as your take on it as far as the obvious, which the strategy aspect, but maybe what people can take from that uh, to help progress in their life? Well, well, when I found out that Kobe passed away, I found out I was at church and the, uh, someone walked up uh, as we were ending the service. Uh, someone walked up distraught for some reason, walked up to the, to the pastor with the phone in his hand and gave the phone to the pastor. And then um, it was suspicious how the person walked up. So a security ran after him and grabbed him. And then um, the pastor 
uh, dropped to his knees and he said, wow, uh, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And the whole audience was like, ooh, like, oh my gosh. And then um, next thing next thing you know, man, I, I didn't feel any emotions. Um, now, I'm an, as much as I just recently discovered emotions, so for the people who follow me for, for years, I went through a personal development training program that supported me in feeling emotions. I didn't feel emotions for a long period of time, actually. Uh, very numb to emotions. And um, so, so that kind of kicked in again right then and there where I was just kind of like, why is everyone in shock? And I'm just like looking at everyone. Like I know why people are in shock, but why are, are these emotions running throughout this room? People are crying, like people hysterically emotional. And I'm just like, it, it didn't hit me. Uh, it didn't. It ended up hitting me around like midnight uh, a couple of hours ago. So essentially, um, 14 hours ago, and I was just laying down in bed, and I was just thinking to myself, I was like, I was more intrigued by the what his work ethic and his definition of life and greatness was, and really resonated with that, and was inspired with that to essentially make sure that my life's work, my life work is at a point where it can inspire people even though I pass away. That's because, an excellent point. Because, yeah, I mean, once, once you, like, like, I was in, so, so we're recording this in January 27, 2000, uh, 2020. Uh, my intention is for this episode to, uh, you people listen to it years to come, where someone in 2022 is like, oh, man, I'm listening to Handy All Day on, on the show. Well, I'm listening to Justin on this show. And so in November of 2019, I, was, I went to go see my grandfather. And when I saw my grandfather, he's laying on his deathbed. And he's looking up at the ceiling. And the crazy part is I wrote about that in my book. That's the introduction to my book, No More Average. You're laying down on your deathbed. Your eyes are glued to the ceiling. What are the thoughts that you have? Is it the thoughts of you living a life as the real you or you living your life as the unfulfilled you? And my grandfather was literally having those thoughts of like, what has his life amounted to? At a, at a, at a, he's in a position where he can't really move, but he's thinking and his, his words, are, are, his words are, are, are not in abundance. So he's very careful with the words because it takes a lot of energy for him to speak. And I remember the night, me getting on a flight to come to Los Angeles. So I'm leaving the East Coast. I got to come back to LA. I got a lot of work to do. I got to come back to LA. And I start crying on the way to the airport. It's like, three o'clock, four o'clock, maybe five o'clock in the morning. I start crying and I'm looking at the light bulbs. And as I'm looking at the light bulbs on the streets, the street lights, I, I see the lack of importance of those light bulbs. I'm like, yo, that shit is not important at all. And I see this, you know, uh, this like nice car that's driving by. And I'm like, yo, that ain't important at all. My grandfather is about to die. And that the guy who taught me how to ride a bike, the guy who's been telling me to cut my hair all the time, this time, the guy who's been like, hey, man, you got to lose a little bit of weight, man. You know, the, the guy who's just been joking my whole life, always moving around and, and out and about riding his bike. And he just can't move. And like the importance of that car, the importance of money, the importance of these like superficial things, it's like it shows the lack of importance in it. And I'm thinking, and I was thinking about it this morning, like in Kobe's situation with, I mean, what would he have paid to get to, to, to acknowledge that and, and know that he was about to die? What would he have paid to not 
experience that to essentially be alive? What would his wife have paid? So what is the what is the importance of those things when we look at life? And then if we recognize that we're all going to reach that point one day where we're going to you know, uh, be deceased, what is the importance of it now? Yeah. If we, what is the importance of it? Like, uh, like I'm using a, I'm using a MacBook, right? And, and I'm thinking, like, what's the importance of like, like having the latest and, and greatest? You know, what's the importance when? I think what's more important right now is I, I, get, I can, I can connect with Justin over the internet and be like, Yo, what's up, bro? Like, it's been a while since I've seen you since we, since we did our last progression conference. Man, I'd rather have that than all this superficial shit. I agree. I mean, that's a huge, huge takeaway. It's always people over things. And I think in the, the wake of these tragedies and you know, not just Kobe, everyone that passed on that plane or anyone that has passed period in life, you know, when you experience that, it's any, they would pay any amount of money to get them back. You know, Kobe's worth like half a billion. I'm sure his wife would drain that bank account to not only get Kobe back, but also a 13-year-old daughter, you know, or anybody in that circumstance. And when you look at that people over things mentality, I mean, Kobe had it all, using him as an example, every material you could imagine. And to be gone so young, the one thing that he's left behind besides the sadness, the tragedy is his legacy. And the one thing that I see you doing, which always impressed me from the start, you know, being like, wow, this guy's 25. Like he's a multimillionaire. He has a book out, no more average. You know, he's packing different types of speaking rooms full. He has tons of mentors, some of the biggest names you could imagine there. But the one thing that you're doing while alive, like you said, you're impacting people. You know, the materials come with it. You know, you don't, I hear you, you know, speak. And when you do speak, you speak to impact people. You speak to add value. You know, you don't say, hey, I'm rich. You'll be like, hey, you know what? You'll tell a story about it. I was poor. I did this, this, and this. I worked on it. I acquired this. This is how you can do it too. But you don't stop there. You know, you keep helping people to where I've seen it firsthand in the actual conferences. People's lives literally change. Like you see that light bulb go off. You know, and when you're on stage, when you are talking, and the one thing you can do, which I'll command you, you command the room. You know, you have the power clap. I know you could probably vouch for that if anyone's ever been to a progressing conference, they know about that. But it's just when you're on stage, do you feel like in what we're speaking of right now and the importance of legacy, you know, as you tell your stories, is it to inspire others to create their own legacy, to continue to progress towards that, uh, you know, or is it just basically to give that impact and, and kind of give them the steps and then watch them walk on their own? No, it's really, it's really about, like, the reason I do that is because I even do these events is I started seeing that there's a lack, there's, there's a lack of action being taken. And what I started, maybe, maybe it's God putting me in direction or, or whatever, but I started taking action at a young age quickly, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm known for taking quick action, you know? So, like, I'll give you, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. It's, this is going to be a, a small example, but this goes to show. Like, it, I have a salesperson, a potential salesperson who wants to work for me. And, he, and he's, like, he's like, yo, Andy, um, this person wants, is interested in, in the program. I was like, what's the person's name? And they were like, okay, let's say, let's say, for example, Justin Collins. So I was like, okay, what's the person's name? Justin Collins. Okay, so tell me about Justin. He wants to purchase. And, I, and, and, and then, and then he, he's telling me about it. And then what he's saying to me is, like, I think I should call him. Like, I really am interested in calling him. I should call him to purchase. I said, okay, it's interesting that you said that because I have him on the phone. He just picked up, hey, Justin, hey, Andy Ardehi, how are you? And the difference between the two is like this person was like thinking about it and was like, oh, I should, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't, and giving me the whole story. And I'm like, yo, let me take action before knowledge. Yeah. 
That's huge. Action. Let me take action before knowledge. So now, now these two intercede: action before knowledge, and then and then knowledge before action. Um, in my life, in many instances, I take action before knowledge. But there are many times where I need to have the knowledge in order to take the, the right action. So you gotta you gotta be able to play with it. But typically, it's action before knowledge. I would agree with that. Uh, in many cases, uh, the do is always better than the not do. You know, the inactive opposed to the active. And, you know, the one thing that I'm impressed with, I know you mentioned one thing about taking the action, about, you know, knowing what to do. The one thing that I see that you do well, you know, is you're always mentally sharp. You know, you have a mindset that is fit, it's in shape. You know, and the bigger thing that I see you do talking about action over inaction, you know, me being having a lot of listeners that are in the fitness space, want to lose weight, want to have that transformation. The one thing I love is when I see you four o'clock in the morning, you know, at the gym when most people are sleeping. You know, you're not just working on your mind. I also see you in the gym working on your body, looking to get, you know, more in shape, eating healthier, because you understand, like, when you take care of your body, it takes care of your mind. Everything takes care of yourself. You know, what would you say along your ways, because you've had a journey in many different directions, you know, being with, being more of a healthy person, you know, sticking to that, getting to the gym, you know, taking the action, you know, over the, ah, I'll get to it, or the person that thinks of going to the gym but doesn't go. Well, you know, what I recognize is that there's a system that, that subconsciously takes place and you got to really you utilize the system. Now, there's some systems that are common amongst all men. And there are some systems that are, are, are what do you call it, specific for that individual. So like one of the systems that are common amongst all men is what you and I talked about a couple of months ago when you, when you came to speak at my first progression conference and you, you came to my office. Uh, one of the things you shared with me was having making the bed early in the morning and making sure that the dishes are clean um, before you go to bed. Ever since you and I had that talk, my bed is always made, my dishes nice. are, are, are clean. And what I recognize is that the subconsciously set my day up for the remainder. So now I, I woke up with that little win. Now the next thing is like, okay, yo, I, I got to brush my, I got to make sure my teeth is, my teeth is taken care of. And then, but then, that's like the system now, now because I set up the, the system that's common amongst all men, which is now men as in women, human. So, so clean, clean, clean dishes, clean dishes is going to declutter your mind. The clean bed is going to say that I have applied discipline early on in the morning. Um, now the uncommon system is going to be like for me, for example, I do wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Now what supports me waking up at three o'clock in the morning is that I sleep with the lights on. So every day I see, I just, I just got a call from the apartment company that they're like, Hey, electricity. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I sleep with the lights on and it's a necessity. Now there are, I told that on social media and some people told me on social media that uh, they, they stopped following me and they're dissatisfied with that because as if I don't care about the planet and the energy or something of that nature. But I think what's more important than the planet energy and nature is my goals. And the reason why I'm, I'm so focused inward on my goals is because I recognize that when I complete my goals, other people are going to move and progress humanity there in their, in their point of view. So my goals is as equivalent as global warming. Yeah. That's how I look. My bubble is so important. It's equivalent to global warming. So, but the system that I'm using is the lights, keeping the light on. Why do I use that? Well, what happens in my natural self is that somehow, some way, if the lights are off, I wake up 
three hours past my alarm, my alarm's still ringing, and then I wake up to 15 screenshots of my alarm from my phone, you know, <laughs> saved in my photos. Or, or So I was fiddling with my phone, but this is all on a subconscious level. So what happens is when I sleep with my mask and I take off my mask and, and it's bright to, for me to shut off my alarm, the shock to my eyes wakes up my brain. And I'm like, yo, what the hell? This is bright as hell. And then I get my day started and going. So some people may say, oh, you know, you're lucky or, oh, you know, that's just you. Well, how can you wake up at that early three o'clock in the morning? Well, I haven't created a system that works for me. So you have yeah. systems for the common man. You have systems for the uncommon man. I would agree with that. I mean, it's sometimes you have to do what works best for you. You know, and I know some people, the one thing I started uh, with Tom Bilio, he had that challenge about taking cold showers in the morning. You know, and a lot of people that I know that are successful take little cold showers to start their day, wake up their mind, shock their body, and kind of get their day started like a jump start. I know Tony Robbins does it. I know many other individuals, Ed Milet does it. So many different people vouch for that. And it's the same type of thing. Some people like warm showers. Some like cold. Some like to sleep with the lights off. You know, in your case, you sleep with the lights on, but it's a purpose. And, you know, for all the individuals that have something to say, there's always someone with an opinion. But it's better when someone has a plan. And I know the plan that you have, that light that is on when you go to sleep, it's kind of like the light that you're omitting to the world that you're amplifying. And the more people that you help eventually will help other people, you know, not only yourself, but they'll help themselves shine in their own light. And the one thing that you seem to do very well is motivate people to do just that, you know, and that little tiny thing for the uncommon or the common, just leaving that light on is such a tiny thing that helps you to progress further, even if it's an inch a day, you know, that inch a day adds up over the course of the year you know, way better than not doing it at all. Yeah, man. Like, like when I look at my day and I say, okay, so I've been up for um, this. I've, I've been up for 11 and a half hours. It's 2.34 California time right now. I've been up for 11 and a half hours, 11 and a half hours. And just to recognize that some people woke up five hours ago. Yeah. Like there, there are some people who woke up just five hours ago. And so I'm essentially five and a half hours ahead of them. So, you know, you take that five and a half hours, round it up to five hours, multiply that by, by uh, 30 days. I have 150 hours on top of somebody. Multiply that by a year. We're, talk we're talking about a lot of hours here. We're talking about 150, uh, 1,500, 1,500, boom, 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 do, do the math, 1,800 hours that I have yeah. extra on somebody. 1,800 yeah. hours. And we only have 24 in one day. So I have nearly a month over. So I have 13 months while someone else has. Uh, 12. Exactly. And that's, that's a huge, huge thing. Just when I get a lot of messages and this, I'm so glad you just said this because so many people are like, Oh, I only had 10 minutes. So I didn't do anything. Or I only had five minutes. I didn't do anything. You know, I've read a stat that if you waste one minute a day, that's six hours a month, you know? So if you think about that, just doing that over the course of four months, that's a day, you know? And it's like giving your example, like you said, you're compressing time to where the average person wakes up. You're already six hours ahead. And the speed that you're working and progressing over the course of a year, like you said, you're up 13 months to their 12. You do that for five years, you're up six months. You do that for a decade, you've got a year plus on someone. You know, and if they're trying to catch you, they're trying to progress past you, there's really no way they can pull that off because you're just going to gradually continue to create the space and the distance. You know, which so is Kobe so had that understanding, man. Kobe had that understanding, and he did the math when he was 17. And when he was 17, he did that math. And then he ended up doing the math to the point where he, he was, so he was waking up at four mm. and he did the math where after so many years, he had a five year gap in between someone who started up with them. He said, 
I have so much practice time over you, you can't catch up now. I have five years on top of you, you can't catch up. And then the reason he was in the helicopter was get this, man. This is, the, this is how you really like control time. So in, in Los Angeles, traffic is crazy. Los yeah. Angeles traffic is crazy. So one of the reasons Kobe got the helicopter was because his wife was saying, hey, babe, like we got to go pick up the kids after school, but you're at, you're at, you're at uh, practice. So he decided that instead of driving in Los Angeles traffic and then not being able to pick up his kids, he said, hey, I want that 20-minute car ride with my kids when I pick them up from school and bring them home. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a helicopter, get it from the court, go home. Instead of staying in traffic, take a 15-minute ride home instead of, instead of an hour and a half or two hours in traffic, take a 15-minute ride home, get in my car, drive, pick up my kids, and still make it in on time. So that, you know, that's one of the reasons why he got, he got the, the helicopter in the first place. So he, even at that, that level of success, you recognize that time is precious, man. You know, I have friends, and uh, we have mutual friends who, they have drivers now. Yeah. They're, saying that, they're saying to themselves like, hey, you know what? It makes more sense for me to get a driver than, than, than do the job, than, than me drive. My, my, one of my first mentors when I came to California, Jonathan Lee, he's a multimillionaire in the copier industry. And when I was working for him, he was like, his thought process was, I got a Mercedes Benz, I'm going to hire a driver. And he was doing sales. He was still doing sales. He was going to meet up with clients. But it was much more easier for him to, to pay someone a couple of hundred bucks an hour uh, for the day and for him to be on the computer checking into his database and cleaning up his database and meeting with clients than driving an hour and a half between OC and LA and back to OC. Yeah. That's, I mean, it makes such a difference. I mean, I just saw recently an interview with Dan Fleshman was talking about that with LA traffic. And he's like, I'm on my phone so much. If I have to take an Uber ride and he's like, it's an hour car ride. If I have to drive that, I can't do anything. And if I'm trying to be safe, I can't be on my phone. And he's like, but if I'm in the backseat of a car, that's one hour of work I can get finished to where I'm ahead when I get to my destination. Or I've already worked something out for later in the day, set up other appointments. It's just, there's little secrets that you find out, but they're not necessarily secrets if you'd like to call them hacks, it's just little things you can do to progress your life forward faster. Uh, you know, and I know the one thing that I look forward to, you know, being that you have the progression conference. And the one thing that I know that maybe others are finding out that they'll know very soon is the progression conference tour, you know, and I know when I've heard about that, I was excited. I know many people were very excited hearing about that with all the lives you're going to impact with that. You know, maybe if you like to share when that's coming up, where you might be going, if people want to get any type of ticket, you know, what your objective is for the tour, because uh, that's such a huge and impactful thing. The Progression Conference, first of all, the, the event itself, it's a one-day business seminar. And this, it's focused on three things, sales, marketing, and personal development. The sales aspect is to be able to increase your income. What I have discovered is that when people's finances are low, every other area has challenges. Even their relationship with their spouse has challenges. I know people who their health has declined. Um, they're fit, but their health has declined because the stress of money has deteriorated their health uh, and also affected their, their livelihood with their spouse, all because of finances. So I teach people how to increase sales in their business so that way they can uh, take care of the, their, their uh, foundation of life. Then, but when you're, when you're in sales, you're going to end up reaching a cap. You're going to end up reaching your ceiling that you can't extend past. So what you're going to need to do is uh, market yourself correctly. So that's the second part uh, of the event is to focus on marketing. Now, marketing does come before sales. 
before you end up creating a product, you have to get that product. Before you end up selling a product, you have to get that product known. So that's the marketing aspect. So the question is, how many people do you want to know your product? Is it 10 people in your neighborhood? Is it 100 people in your city? Or is it 1,000 people in your state? Or is it a million people nationwide? So how wide do you want to get that, that product to be known? So I teach you how to market. I teach you how to sell. And then throughout the challenges of running a business, you're going to experience these, cha you're going to experience these multiple challenges, which will include fatigue, which will include mentorship, which will include um, this overall personal blockages. And what I've discovered is that personal development has gotten the, over the top, the top 500 successful individuals. Personal development is what got them through those challenges. So I also give personal development strategies at the, at the seminar. So you got sales, marketing, and personal development all in one day to accelerate your life. The shirt that I'm wearing right now, for example, it says progress daily. Uh, April, 20, April 27th, 2019, I had somebody in the audience. He's, just, he's, sitting, he's sitting up front row. A week prior to my event, he was talking to his sister, and he was talking to his sister about him potentially leaving his nine-to-five job, but he was fearful to leave. And so he told his sister, like, sis, I want to leave, but I don't know. His sister was like, hey, why don't you go for it? Well, he, wasn't, he didn't really listen to his sister. Unfortunately, she got into an accident and passed away uh, shortly, shortly thereafter. Then he came to the progression conference within a couple of days. He sat up front at the progression conference that you and I spoke at. The progression conference took place on a Friday. By Monday, what he, what he, he experienced throughout the progression conference on Friday was uh, people sharing their stories of growth, the different strategies of marketing, sales, and personal development. By Monday, he quit his, his nine-to-five dead-end job, and he started an apparel, apparel manufacturing company. Within eight months, he's telling me, he's he reconnected with me. He said, Andy, I never got to tell you what happened after the progression conference. My life just took off that I was just holding on for dear life because it was just so much progression in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, as, we talk, as we talk, Andy, I'm cur currently fulfilling a 10,000-piece order. And I'm like, wow, so, so your business completely boomed because you took action, you came to the event. So the opportunity isn't to show up. Man, I tell you, no question, no doubt, the opportunity isn't to show up. I showed up, and then now the next thing that happened in my life is I really started to progress to take care of my family and my girlfriend. So when he shared with me that story, I said, your DNA has to be part of the material because now I'm promoting progression um, as, a, as a, a fitness brand and there's an apparel line now. I want you to be the one to create it because your DNA gets to live with it. That's amazing. I mean, that's an incredible story, an incredible share. And the opportunity truly isn't to show up, you know, because if he wasn't in the room, that information, that opportunity, that energy that was given to him might not have had that result of him actually taking action and doing something, you know, but actually being there, seeing it, being a part of it, taking action and now getting to the point where he's fulfilling orders that large and you're working together, you know, for your impact, the apparel line, it's incredible. You know, it's kind of like a full circle thing that happens so fast, you know, all off of one connection, which was the progression conference. Yeah, man. You know, and even at the event, like there were, there were these twin girls up front. I think one of them uh, followed you, followed you, learned about, learned about the conference through you, came to the progression conference, uh, my understanding is that they heard my story about me going on tour with the legendary motivational speaker, Les Brown. So they, these, these two young girls, I think they're like 21 or something, or 22, they go to uh, another event after mine, after he hearing the, what happened at the progression conference. They got up on stage at that event. 
they brought up that the fact that they came to LA for the progression conference and they recognized that the opportunity wasn't to show up. So they showed up to this opportunity at this other event called Think and Grow Rich. And once they got there, they heard about the opportunity of going on tour with that organization. So they, they, they went to the, the leader of the organization and said, hey, I want to go on tour with you. Very, and ironically, it's very similar to the way that I did it to my mentor, Les Brown, where I said, I, to my, my mentor, I said, I want to go on tour with you. So they kept on being persistent. And then eventually they went on tour. And it's really in the show up, but it's when you don't show up, you're not going to receive an opportunity. And what I recognize, and I mean, literally the thousands of sales calls that I've had, um, hundreds of people that I've connected with, uh, thousands of people that I presented in front of, I see the same common thing. The people who doubt are broke. The people yep. who doubt are broke. So when I say the opportunities in the show up and, and, and come, come receive your opportunity, the, the people who are doubting are, are broke. And, and then the, they, they go from broke to poor very fast. Now, yep. poor is, is an acronym. Poor stands for passing over opportunities repeatedly. P-O-O-R. Passing over opportunities repeatedly. So, and when there was a couple, there was a time that I doubted a, a couple of years ago, I doubted an opportunity for me and God corrected me. And he said, Hey man, take this leap of faith. So I, I, I listened and I took a leap of faith, but had I not taken the opportunity, man, I would still be in a place of wishing. So mm-hmm. I've seen in my life where people who are, who say that, you know, they're 30 years old, they're 20 years old, they're 40 years old, 50 years old. They say that they want something in the future and, once, and, and they think they have time. So for example, hey, I want to be a speaker. I get this all the time because in my business, I train speakers as well. So I get this all the time where, hey, Andy, I want, I've been wanting to be a speaker since I was 20 years old or since I was 25 or since I was 30. And I, I say, where are you at right now? They say, I'm 40 or I'm 50. I say, well, what has happened in the interim? Oh, this got in the way, that got in the way, this got in the way. What I recognize is that you've had multiple opportunities and you passed it over. Yep. Now, I get on the call with them and I, it's very ironic. I give them an opportunity and then they pass it over again. A year later passes, a year passes. And I, I say, where have you been? And they say, I'm in the same position. Yep. Now, many times I, what I've seen is that uh, these individuals go in denial where they're completely in denial and they're like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to, trust me, trust me, God is on my side, I'm going to get, give me, give me six months, give me a year, and then a year and a year passes. You know, so the, the progression conference, the one that recently passed in Los Angeles in October, I had a woman on stage, she was 63 years old, 63. She shared with me that for the last 43 years, she's had this vision of being a speaker and an author. Within, within six to 10, so that's four months, within, from June to October, she, we, we published a book and she became a full-time speaker. She's now hosting her own seminars. Prior to her joining my program, she was completely still at a place of wishing. And, and then equivalently, in the same time frame, I had another talk with someone else and I said, hey, there's an opportunity for you to go through my program, my speaker training program. And they said, I'll think about it. Well, they've been thinking about it ever since. While yep. the 63-year-old completely passed them, this now 30-year-old is still in a position where they're still thinking about it. Yep. So you're either going to think your way to success and, and get, get there in your mind, or you're going to actually get there in real life. I love that. that that's such a big difference and a massive 
shift in being successful or the thought of being successful. It's a wish. You know, it's like you can, in your mind, like you said, having that denial, having that I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. But when you look in the mirror, the accountability mirror every morning, you're not doing what it's going to take to get you to that point and you're not showing up. And like you said, passing over opportunities repeatedly, like when you go through that, you're going to stay stuck. You know, and if you're in a hole, the last thing you want to do is shovel more dirt on yourself. You want to get out. But the only way to get out, that's action. You have to move. And a lot of people- Not only is it a wish, I, I want to bring up, Justin, not only is it a wish, it's a fantasy. Yes. And now here's the, here's the thing about fantasy. And I, and I discovered this after studying this. I discovered that fantasy um, drops dopamine in your brain when you fantasize. So equivalently to heroin, equivalently to cocaine, equivalently to sugar, there's a spike in your bloodstream when you fantasize. So as if you're talking about it as if, it's, as if you're going to do it, you start to feel good. Yo, one day, man, I'm going to be on that stage, man. I'm going to be talking about my book, man. Oh, man, I'm going to be a billionaire, man. Oh, wait. <laughs> All right, let's, let's go, baby. Let's take action. Oh, no, nah, I ain't ready for yet. Give me, give me a year. Give me six months. Let me, let me think about it. Hold on a second. I'm not ready for it yet. And yep. that's the biggest lie that, that man ever said. Yeah. Give, give me some time. That's the biggest lie. That's a big point. And the big point about that, even though it's give me some time, you know, the big thing about life. Yes, there is time. Time moves fast. Life is short. Life is long, depending how you live it. If you live the right life, a short life can be great. And most people get to the end of their life. At 25, they stopped living. In 75, they passed away. In 50 years, they just wasted time. And many people think I have time. And it's just like every single day, life isn't guaranteed. And the one thing you do have a guarantee of is the opportunity. If you wake up and your eyes move, you have lung and you have some air in your lungs, you can talk, you can hear, you can smell, you can see. That's all you need to go after your goals and dreams and create them. You know, but, if, but that's not enough, man. That's not, come on, come on, Jason. That's not enough. <laughs> you know that's not enough, man. You know, you know there's somebody that's listening to that, that follows you that been following for a year and uh, completely lost control of their, of their weight and their life. That's not enough, man. What, what do they really need? It's more than just like, oh, I got another opportunity to live. It's more than that because they, they, they're mentally fucked up. Like, what else do they really need? They need that opportunity. They got to take that action. They need the goal. They need the why. I think, I think they, they got to get around you. That is true. I, I, th- I, think, I think they, they, they got to show up to your gym. That is also true. Well, what gym you work out? Right? Say it again. What gym you work out at? Rice gym. Rice gym, right? Yes. Look, I, and I said rights too. I, I said rights, and, and for some reason, that's what came up in my mind. But I think that's, that's because of what you post on social media. Now, look, man, if I was in a, in a predicament and I needed to progress, man, I'm going to pull up on rights gym. That's the only place you get in the proximity we're going to put in some work. Exactly, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a see on your on your account your your thing on social media. I'm gonna see like yo, you keep pulling up at this certain time. And I'm gonna pull up on you. I'm gonna be like, what's up, JC? And be like, who are you? I'm gonna be like, yo, I follow you on Instagram, man. I've been I've been peeping your stuff, man. I need to change my life. Look, you 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 spoke in April, yeah. So you met Sam Sam Backyard. Yes. Yep. Right. Sam Backyard. The way I did a podcast with him, so I was just one out of the hundreds of people that podcast that the podcast with him. But here's the difference of how me and his relationship progressed, where I really consider him a friend, a, a mentor, and even a brother. 
uh, and he does the same for me as well. So, uh, I don't know, last year, so this time, nah, maybe like in March of last year, I, I go to, to do the podcast with him, and then I'm at my office like a couple of days later. I leave my office at one o'clock in the morning. I see on his social media that 22 hours prior, he was at the gym. So I see that he goes to the gym at four o'clock in the morning. And I see that he's at the gym and he tagged the location. He put 24 hours Chino Hill. I tapped on it. I was already wearing sweatpants. So I tapped on it, put it in Google Maps. I pull up to the gym at 1.30. He comes to the gym at four in the morning. So I did a workout from 1.30 to, to, to four. Soft, dull workout. Four o'clock, he, he comes in. Literally, he's over there. I'm, this, is, this is me. <laughs> and I, this, this is me. And I, and I know he about to see me too, but I don't want to be like no fan or nothing. So I'm like this. So he sees you like, what's up, Andy? I'm like, oh, what's up, Sam? He's like, yo, what's up, man? I'm like, yo, let's get a workout in. We got a workout in. I said, hey, man, I'm going to see you tomorrow then. I saw him the next day. Well, it's been about a year, man. It's been almost a year we've been working out. So, and, and it, with his support, I started building the system of waking up that early because prior to that, I was waking up at like 10 o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, so on and so forth. Yeah. So I didn't text him and say, hey, can I, can I work out with you? Or, hey, what would it take for me to work out with you? I showed up. That's where the opportunity is at. I showed up. Because I showed up, I made the right relationships. I got the right personal trainer. And then, and then that started instilling habits in me. I am not strong enough. I recognize that, Justin. I'm not strong enough to go to that next level. I need to get around the right people who are going to support me to go up there. And then the public might see that I'm, oh, my gosh, Andy, look what Andy did. Andy ain't do shit. <laughs> I had somebody call me at 4 o'clock in the morning and say, get your ass up out of bed. Yep. And, then, and then that started making it a habit. Now I'm the one calling someone like, yo, get your ass up out of bed. So you, yep. you learn, you earn, and you pass it on. I love, I love that. That's an amazing story, an amazing point of reference that people can take away. You know, a lot of people, oh, I'm going to come to the gym with you. I'm still working out alone and I'm waiting for those people to show up. You know, and it's like, hey, people tell me the same thing. If you want to learn, you have to show up. I know when I met you initially, Ali's a Manny, big shout out to Ali. He said, he said, I like you. I'm going to connect you to Andy. You guys are going to get along really well. Made the connection. We talked on the phone. You're like, you're going to speak at my event. I said, I'll be there. Showed up to the event, and now, a year later, we're on a podcast together. But it's crazy because of the people that we're around. Every single day, I see the people that you have on your podcast, the places you are, the people you're speaking with. I can see the success stories. But I also see, like you said, the biggest skill that a lot of successful people have is the ability to be vulnerable and admit that they don't know something. You know, And if you're like, hey, I might not be the guy that's going to wake up and work out, but Sam is. And I'm going to get around Sam because he's going to help my mindset catch up to be the new standard of going to the gym every morning. And that progression happens, you know, but like you said, it wouldn't have happened if it didn't show up, you know, that opportunity truly, it's the most simple phrase. But if you keep that in your head every single day, you're always going to make the right choice because it truly is in the show up. You can't eat at the table if you don't sit down for the plate, you know? Yo, for real, man, I'm telling you the story to, to, your, to your people who's listening, man. A couple years ago, a couple years ago, I, I was charging, I didn't know how much money to charge in this industry. Like, how much is my time, right? You know, we talk about that all the time yeah. where it's like, oh, my time is worth whatever. But how do I, especially at a young age, so I'm 20, I'm 22, um, how do I determine like my value of my time? So I just set a number and it was like $2.99 a month for, for four hours. So one, oh no, no, for two hours per week. So that's eight hours of my time for 300 bucks. 
Yep. Um, that was a couple months. That was a couple years ago. And then I sat down at a table, and with uh, Grant Cardone and Bradley, and literally that night they inv- they invited me back to Vegas. They're coaching me, working with me. Within the week, within that, so now I'm charging. So I'm at this time, my income, as far as the clients, must have been like six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And and within that weekend that I had dinner with Brad and, and Grant, within uh, so so that event was that event was like on a Tuesday or something. Then by the next Friday, I made five grand on Friday. Then that woman went to someone else. So I got a client, and instead of charging her two ninety nine, I charged. I said, "Hey, it's five grand to work with me." So she paid five grand to work with me. And then after that, she went to her boyfriend and she said, hey, yo, coach with Andy. So I made 10 grand that weekend. And then I met somebody at that event that, that I went to go meet up with Grant and Brad. And on that Tuesday, that following Tuesday, that person wanted to do a deal with me and I charged them six grand. So in 16, in, in, from Friday to Tuesday, I made 16,000 and my mind just blew up. My mind, just, my, my, my mind just blew up to what was possible. So now if someone wants to coach, I don't even do the co- that type of coaching anymore, but if someone wanted to do coaching, it's $10,000 for one day over two, four hour blocks. I've already, and people buy that, but I, I don't want to do that anymore because I make more in my actual business now. Yeah. But what, what I recognize is because I had to get to the table, but here's what it took to get to that table. I, at the time I took a financial dip. I had so much cash that I spent it all without ever working. I, I was retired. My first book was actually 21 and retired um, before I turned it into no more average. Um, so, so I had so much cash that, that I just blew it. It took me a year to blow out all the cash, traveling, luxurious apartments and all that. So I blew it. Now I don't even know what industry I'm in. I, I just had to choose. So I ended up going to copiers, copier industry for a little bit. Then I went to sales training, but, and then real estate. But then I was, I took a financial low and I only had 300 bucks in my bank account. And when I had that 300 bucks in my bank account three years ago, it was an opportunity to go to see Grant Cardone and see Bradley in person. I decided not to for a moment. I said, now nah, I'm not going to go. I'm just going to watch it online. So I went to the website. I typed in the free code, watched it, was watching it online. The Brad, which is one of the speakers was saying like, Hey, congratulations to the people that showed up in this room. You were supposed to be here. Clap, clap for yourselves. So he, so everyone was clapping for themselves. And once, once I saw that, I was like, yo, I got to be in that room. By the time I got to the event, the, the ticket was $600. But when I got to the event, they dropped the ticket down to 99 bucks because it was five, five o'clock. The event ends at 7 PM. Yeah. So, so, but what in, in a right person's mind, they, why would they show up to an event that, that ends in two hours? But I showed up anyway. When I showed up, I walked in, I paid my $99 and it was 99 out of, it was $100 out of 300 in my bank account. I'm distraught. I walk in, as soon as I walk in, there's a dude that has a podcast. He's like, yo man, Andy, I, I've been following you, dude. I've been trying to get on this dude's podcast for, for a while, man. Yeah. We end, up, we end up connecting. But it was that night where I had dinner with Grant Cardone and, and Brad Lee. That's one of the two millionaire, millionaire speakers. Within a week at that, I made my 16,000, blew my mind ever since then, it's just been going uphill going up going uphill just going up ever since then like i never took a dip again it's incredible i share that with you not to really impress your audience but to impress upon them like the opportunity truly isn't a show up i could have financially fucked myself over had i passed over the opportunity and remain poor and remain in that position 
But instead, I took a, dis- a decision of, and a leap of faith where I said, hey, I don't really have this money, but I'm going to take that jump. That's why I give the people the opportunity to come to the progression conference and show up. And if they show up, they show up. If they don't, they don't. But for the people that show up, they truly get the value that really revolutionizes their life. I love that, Andy. That's an incredible story and so true. And you live that every single day, which is even more impressive because you actually are doing the things that you have done and you're actually telling the tale to show people that it's possible. They just have to get in the room. And I think that's a phenomenal way to kind of take it out today because I love it. The opportunity is in this show up. So just to take us out, where can they show up if they want to get a hold of, let's say, go to the next Progression Conference or get a hold of Andy Audate? Where can they find you? The best spot right now is go to progressionticket.com. Once again, that's progression, P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N, progressionticket.com. Get your ticket to the Progression Conference, the next one, um, on our national tour. That's amazing. And where can they find you on social media? Because I love your Instagram account, but just to let them know, because you're the man behind the man, where can they find you on social media? What's your best channels? At Andy Audate, A-N-D-Y-A-U-D-A-T-E. Okay, excellent. And the last question, I know you're on the Finest Hour podcast, but this is your time, your time to shine and plug away. Your podcast is also amazing. I know I was a guest on it. Where can they find that or give them the name of that so they can Google that up and search it on iTunes? Man, our show was like one of the top rated shows, man. Like, I, it, was one, it, was a, it was a short one. It was interesting. It was, it was short, but really top rated. Um, and it's at the Progression, uh, the Progression Show on Spotify and iTunes. So The Progression Show, Spotify and iTunes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Andy. I'm going to put all that in the show notes and list that up, put all the links there for you so people can come get the tickets to Progression Conference, check you on social, as well as go and check the podcast and listen to some gems. But I thank you for being a guest today on the Finest Hour podcast. I know the valued impact is going to be crazy. And we're going to leave on your note today, not my usual do and be the best you. We're going to leave on this one. The opportunity is where? In the show, baby. In the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on the show, JC. Hey, you're welcome, Andy. Thanks, man.